0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the BT Podcast. Thanks for taking some time to tune in. My name is Danny. I'm your host and online pastor here at BT Church, uh, and I'm excited about today's conversation. Thanks for tuning in, however you're joining us, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. We pray this conversation is a blessing to you. If this does bless you, do us a favor, share it up uh, with your friends, post it, tweet about it, whatever you want to do. We are still in season one. This season is all about setting goals uh, in different health aspects of your life. It's that new year, new me mindset. Uh, We always want to do different things to pursue growth in multiple areas of our lives, whether it's our spiritual health, digital health, mental health, physical health. Uh, In today's conversation, is all about setting goals in a specific area of our spiritual health, which is our evangelism. Uh, because spiritual health is more than just spending time in God's Word at 5 a.m. It's more than prayer time. It's more than just listening to Mavis music every day. Uh, it's about pursuing Jesus, which leads to a pursuit of the calling that Jesus has for us. In today's conversation with the special guest, Ryan Fontenot, and I'm excited about this. Check it out. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome again to the BT Podcast, uh, joined here uh, by an awesome dude, Ryan Fontenot. Uh Ryan, say what's up to everybody, man. What's going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in today. Man, and I'm excited to have you here. Uh, you know, one of the visions behind the podcast is uh, also kind of taking some conversations that we have on a Sunday morning. You know, you got to preach uh, recently at BT, and a lot of times in that that sermon, you only have like 40 minutes tops, you know, to kind of uh, mm-hmm. say what you want to say. And one thing I'm excited about with having you here today with the podcast is to be able to to just kind of get our people to, to know your story, to know who yeah. you are. Uh, you know, you're not really able to flesh all that out uh, in a sermon. Uh, and also yeah. we're trying to get to Jesus, you know. Uh, and so uh, I'm excited about today's conversation. And really what we're doing today is talking about uh, spiritual health in the sense of, Uh, pursuing the calling that Jesus called us after. Uh, You you know, you said this in your sermon, uh, that everybody, uh, it's everybody's job to tell someone about Jesus, right? It's not just a professional Christians, it's not just a full-time pastors, Uh, and really what it comes down to is our pursuit of Jesus Mm. leads to a pursuit of the calling that Jesus has for us, which is evangelism. Uh, And so I think a good indicator of spiritual health uh, is how we are pursuing evangelism, which is uh, you know, can be very easy for some people, and if we're honest, you know myself included, it can be kind of difficult sure. uh, thinking about the culture and those sort of things. Yeah. Uh, but really, learning about Jesus leads to telling people about Jesus, and we see that all throughout Scripture. And I'm excited to get into this conversation. Uh, but before we kind of get into that stuff, uh, just share your yeah. story, man. What's uh, What's the moment that you came to know Jesus? Uh, what's the moment that you felt that call to ministry? Uh, and mm-hmm. just kind of like tell us who you are, bro. Yeah, man. I appreciate that. So for me, I grew up in East Texas,
1: uh, small town. And uh, man, growing up there, church was just kind of what you did Mm. on Sunday. And so I grew up very cultural Christianity. Um, As far back as I can remember, church was just what we did. Uh, But at 18 years old, I was a freshman in college, and I really began to realize, man, something's not right. Mm. And, um, And the best way I know how to say it, is I was uh, really close to my youth pastor and as a matter of fact at this time I was kind of helping him I was kind of a volunteer alongside of him and I just saw stuff in him that I didn't see in me we were doing the same things mm-hmm. you know I was showing up to church uh, We were, I was mm-hmm. even doing bible studies with him and some of the guys at the church I was doing prayer meeting you know uh, we were doing visitation I mean we literally go out and tell people about Jesus yeah. and so uh, but I saw something in him that I didn't see in myself I sensed something was missing inside so I really began to wrestle with that. What I tried to do was do more for God. Mm. And I figured, hey, well, I must not be doing enough. That's yeah. what I'm missing. And uh, man, in my second semester of my freshman year in college, I realized, no, it's not you need to do more. You need to come and receive what's already been done. Wow. And uh, so for me at 18, I realized, man, I needed Jesus. I knew all about him, but didn't know him. Yeah. And so, uh, In February, just bowed my life to Christ best I knew how and said, Lord, I want you to be Lord of my life. I knew he was Lord, but I wanted to be Lord of my life, move inside of me, take over. And um, so in all honesty, Danny, that moment um, that Christ saved me. He also called me to ministry. Mm-hmm. I knew it. Um, I couldn't explain it because none of my family's in ministry. Uh, yeah. It's not like a family lineage of ours. I was a matter of fact, in college, I was um, working on a business degree uh, because I wanted to be a CPA or a stockbroker man uh, <laughs> and that was simply because I was pretty good at math and I liked money So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, did you get in on like GameStop? Uh, man no, I oh, did not, man. man yeah okay. you know but, uh, but I'm a Bitcoin guy, so <laughs> let's go. Uh, but good. anyway, so uh, that's a whole nother podcast cast right there, <laughs> probably. Right, yeah. But anyway, so man, yeah, I, uh, I mm. the Lord called me to ministry, so I had to go to school over the next you know, a few months changed my major, um, convinced my parents that this is really what God was calling me to do, Uh, changed my major, uh, moved to Christian ministries, minor in psychology, and uh, really began to pursue the Lord. A year later, He opened up a door for me to be a part-time youth pastor. So I was in college, full-time, part-time youth pastoring. And um, man, from there, that's I was 19, and literally a 19-year-old youth pastor, no idea what the church was thinking, man, but, uh, it was awesome. And I'm sure it was awful at times, but it was awesome. And, uh, so since then, man, just been in ministry, spent about, um, seven, eight years in a, as a student pastor in, um, early 2000, 2000, 2000 guy called me to, uh, put a bird in my heart for evangelism. Mm-hmm. Um, then three years later gave me the faith to step out and actually begin to pursue that started traveling full time. Uh, then in 20, let's see, that would have been 2010, God called me to uh, replant, revitalize a church in uh, the Keller, Texas area, okay. pastored that church for a little over eight years, just a couple years ago, was able to hand that off to the next lead pastor because we sensed God was calling us back to go after this next generation full time in evangelism. Preaching the gospel to them and helping them do the same. So, since uh, January 2019, full time with our ministry, Rage Ministries, mm. reaching a generation endangered, which is how we connected with BT last year at uh, one weekend. Yeah. And uh, man, God has started a beautiful partnership here.
0: That's wild. Uh, yeah. I love that story, man, because I'm still getting to know you. And yeah. uh, just hearing that story, it's so similar to my story. You mm. know, I came to Christ uh, about my senior year of high school yeah. uh, felt that call to ministry around that freshman year of high mm-hmm. school um, and then same thing like my family we didn't grow up in church or anything like that yeah. so when I I remember when I told them hey I'm gonna go work at this place called Camp Zephyr <laughs> uh, they didn't know what that was and so which is a you know student camp yeah uh, Great and, place. and honestly for about about a year and a half they thought I was lying and so because I would just leave home and go to this <laughs> camp and and so one one time they finally went to go visit me and yeah. they were like man this is what what you do, it's just really cool, and so they had no idea that wow. I was like, you know, actually doing you know, ministry stuff, yeah, because <laughs> right. they know what that meant. You know, man. You're just like, out camping in the yeah. woods, what <laughs> yeah, is yeah, this? That's probably what they thought, <laughs> that's right. just lighting campfires and that's making scores right. every night, yeah, bro. Uh, and so that was just so cool for them to experience. Uh, and now they are a part of BT, and so I love wow. just kind of that, just that story, uh, that's of what amazing. done with my family, I love and it. Uh, I love that for you as well. As you felt that call to ministry, yep. uh, you mentioned Rage Ministries, mm-hmm. um. Say what it means again. Yeah, reaching a generation endangered. Think endangered species, man. I love that. Uh, especially thinking about the generation uh, you know that that is, is coming that is about to be the next line of uh, career builders of CEOs of yeah. all that stuff you yeah. know with the with the kids coming up with students and teenagers coming up uh, and so I know that that God has built this passion in you for the next generation yeah. uh, that you really you know orchestrated your entire life around this yeah. uh, and, and so just thinking about that uh, how did that begin what are the hopes that you have uh, with the ministry that you're going after the goals that you have uh, in reaching the next generation
1: Yeah, I think for me, um, maybe it's because God saved me when I was a teenager. Maybe it's because, Mm. you know, part of that passion was because there was a youth pastor out there who sought me out and came after me and really was a massive part of me coming to know Jesus. I I do think God uses those things in our lives, Um, but... Early on, man, like I thought I'd be a student pastor the rest of my life. Yeah. When God called me, I was like, "I'm gonna be a student pastor." And you know, God puts those people in your life uh, that influence you and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but it moved beyond. Hey, I want to be like Doug. To man, no, this is really what God's called me to. So I've never not had a passion to see the next generation come to know Jesus. I think mm-hmm. because uh, as a teenager man, if I would have died, I'd have been lost and spent eternity in hell. So there's a lot of teenagers who know what they should be doing, know what they ought to be doing, um, but they're just not. And so, man, I believe that if we can truly ignite the teens... In this generation, yeah. man, we can see revival happening. Jesus, I believe, was a youth pastor mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, the guys he called were not grown men. You know, they were these. Think of uh, uh, James and John; they were on the boat working with their dad. Right. So it's likely they were teenagers. You yeah, know, yeah. and um, so I feel like if Jesus was was after it, man, that's probably who we should be after in a lot of that's ways. Uh, you know, a, one one of my favorite stats that really helps me realize, hey, what we're doing is mission critical, is that. Uh, a little over, a little over sixty-seven percent, almost upwards. Some studies say upwards of seventy percent mm. of everyone who ever says yes to Jesus does so by their 18th birthday. Oh wow! So when you think about that, man, like if we don't get them by the time they're 18, if they don't encounter Christ and say yes to Him,
0: um, it's likely they never will. Mm. So yeah, I man, that's that's so good to think yeah. about that, bro, and. Uh, My hope is that as you're listening, uh, whoever's tuning in on YouTube, Spotify, podcast, you're you're hearing this stuff and you Mm -hmm. feel the call that understanding that if, if you know Jesus, you have a calling. Uh, And so, and that calling is not just to, uh, you know, wake up at 5am, read the Bible and pray every day Mm -hmm. uh, and listen to, you know, worship music, you know, 24 seven. The calling is to take what you know about Jesus and share it with other people. Uh, And so kind of building off of that thought, Uh, What trajectory, you know, you kind of mentioned some stats of, of, you know, students by the age of 18 will profess Mm -hmm. Christ. What other things are you seeing with the cultural climate of the next gen, you know, when it comes to like atheism, agnostics, you know, anons, all that good stuff?
1: Yeah, man, it's, it's the stats are are eye-opening and they ought to be alarming, especially to believers. Um, You know, another study was out and it said that one out of every three or a little over 35% of teens in the U.S., 13 to 18 18. Uh, claim to be atheist ag- agnostic or have no religious affiliation yeah. at all so one out of every three yeah. think about that bro that's that that's not some foreign country somewhere else that's right. where we yeah. are yeah. and so again uh generation Z man there's 10 percent fewer who claim Christianity than just the generation before mm. them and I often say this that means church we're not gaining ground we're losing ground yeah. and and I do think it's because the church in a lot of ways has become more silent uh, more passive mm. uh, as the world has become more aggressively uh, anti-Christian in a lot of ways, especially our world and culture. Um, The church, instead of stepping up and standing up and being light, man, a lot of ways we're retreating or we're just blending into the world. Mm -hmm. And so I think God's called us. Obviously, Jesus said, you know, be light. You're the light of the world. And so uh, we've got to be light. And the darker
0: it gets the brighter the light shines so yeah. it's a great opportunity for us in a lot of ways yeah and and also you you think about the culture too it's uh like that's not just the case for teenagers you know it's no. it's culture as a whole where yep. you know we really no longer live in a culture where like the biblical view of marriage is like just kind of the, the well agreed on view oh, uh, no everything doubt. is yeah. is adjusting and changing and and i think it's the moment that we start understanding the climate of our culture is the mm-hmm. moment that we can be, best be able to reach the culture, to listen to the culture, to yeah. be able to share to the culture as well. Yeah. Uh, and so I would love to, to just answer this question. Mm-hmm. Why does evangelism matter? Yeah. Well, if if I could summarize it with
1: uh, one verse or actually two verses, but Romans 10, 13 says, whoever calls on yeah. the name of the Lord will be saved. That's an incredible, beautiful powerful mm. amen verse there, right. right? Yes. But then Romans 10, 14 says this, well, how can they call on him and mm. whom they do not believe? And how can they believe in him and who they do not hear? Yeah. And how can they hear without someone telling them? Yeah. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cause we're like, yes, amen. You know, but people, if they don't hear, so let's back that up. If they don't hear then they can't believe if they don't believe they can't call and if they don't call they can't be saved so i think the easy answer is why is evangelism important because people need to hear about jesus in order to be saved so man those verses right there just are just a great reminder for me of hey we can love people should love people ought to love people and evangelism ought to be driven out of love for God and for people, but if all we do is love them and take care of them and meet their needs, and never tell them about jesus mm-hmm. we we have we have given them an eternal disservice wow. so
0: that's good man, I love that yeah that fires me up a little bit yeah. uh, a lot of it, and so <laughs> when it comes to uh personal evangelism, you know I think for so many of us um you know, we have these different uh, fears uh, mm-hmm. that that really have to be overcome when it comes yeah. to sharing our stories, right. sharing our testimony, when it comes to telling people about Jesus, coworker, yeah. you know, whoever, friend, all that good stuff, family member. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just kind of from your perspective... What are the what do you think are the biggest fears that people face when it comes to this idea of personal evangelism? Yeah, I,
1: I want to say first of that, that remember what the scripture says, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Oh, yeah. And so fear is a massive thing, and the enemy knows that, yeah. and it's from him. Mm-hmm. So there are fears, um, but it's always a root from the enemy, not from the Lord. Mm. And so uh, whatever your fear is, the fears out there range from, man... I don't know what to say, so I'm fearful that I'm going to look stupid, Mm -hmm. Um, to the fear of rejection. I'm afraid if people find out what I believe about Jesus, that man, they're not going to be my friend anymore. Yeah. Um, so, man, it, it runs the gamut of I don't know what to say. People are going to reject me. Um, I'm afraid for my my safety. I'm afraid someone might beat me up or mm-hmm. someone might actually, you know, do physical harm to me, and that's a real deal some yeah. places. Um, so the fears are legitimately there, and so they run the gamut as to what your fears. I think the enemy knows what your fears yeah. like. So. So if I'm a person who loves the applause of people, guess what my fear is going to be? My fear is going to be if I tell them about Jesus, I'm not going to get their approval wow. anymore. Yeah. If if my 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 fear is or, or my my idol is power, position, well, if I tell someone about Jesus at work, I might lose my power or yeah. my position. So I think he takes these idols in our lives that and it exposes those. In these fears of ours. So, fear is real, but I would just tell everyone this. Um, and fear is a, is a real thing, even for me at times when mm-hmm. I'm talking to people about Jesus. But fear, we have to remember that spirit of fear, it's not from the Lord, it's That's not good. of the Lord. That's so, very good. Yeah. Man, I love that.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think about too, um, you know, so much of our culture uh, is people who doubt God. Yeah, And maybe they know somebody that while well, you believe in God, well, like, why? Like, yeah. like, tell me, like, like why yeah. do you believe in God? And then we have that fear of, well, I don't know enough about the Bible. I yeah. can't, you know, then they, maybe they bring up like, well, this happened in Genesis. What do you think about that? And it's <laughs> like, I don't know what yeah. to think about that. It's right. a very weird story right. and I don't have the answer. And yeah. so we have that fear of just, uh, the, like you said, like the lack of knowledge, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, and man, I heard um, Tim Keller say this, that the burden of proof, to prove that God exists mm-hmm. doesn't just like, land on the believer, but mm-hmm. it's on the unbeliever as well. Right. Uh, and so my hope is that's motivation for somebody. Is that like, like yeah, somebody that you interact with may not believe in God. Right. Uh, but just as they're challenging you to prove that God exists. Right. We have to challenge other people to prove that God doesn't exist. Right. And and so often like like we can't people mm-hmm. can't do that. Yeah. Uh, and so the burden of proof of it is not just on the believer, it's also on the unbeliever as well. That's uh, right. And I would th- always tell people this
1: too, because we're always afraid, well, somebody's gonna ask me something yeah. I can't answer it. That's gonna happen. Yeah. You yeah. know, I say, yeah, it's hundred percent gonna happen. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna happen, right? It happens for me, it happens for you, it happens yeah. for I don't care what theologian it is. Right. But here's the also the thing I always tell people don't be afraid to ask them, well, why do you believe what you you believe. Mm -hmm. And so when you flip that script, what you find is a lot of the questions are just defensive mechanisms Mm -hmm. for from people. Yeah, And so flip the script on them and go, when you're having a conversation, go, well, tell me what you believe. Right. Uh, Okay, well, tell me why you believe what you believe. And what you're going to find out is, is most of them have no more confidence or assurity
0: in their belief system than you do in your belief system. Exactly. And I think that's a huge part of evangelism now in our culture. yeah. Uh, you know, whereas you know back in the day, you know, thinking about the climate of the church, mm-hmm. uh, it was all you know revivals and you know mm-hmm. big crowds and those sort of yeah. things, and you know door to door maybe. Yeah. But um. But so much of evangelism now in our culture is about asking the right questions yeah, and being a listener versus, you know, being a quick share. That's uh, what we love to say, that that
1: now evangelism is more about conversation than presentation. Oof, yeah, and so if, if yeah. I'm not here just to drop some Bible nuggets on you, yeah, I'm going to share the gospel with yeah. you, but it's about a conversation. And if you and I can, man, sit at the table, drink some coffee yeah. and have a conversation, right. man, I feel like, you know, we can see their eyes open, because that's when the Spirit works, man. The Holy Spirit works. And uh, so, yeah, so make sure you're having conversations and not just dropping gospel presentations on people. And That's uh, that's where real life change begins to happen.
0: Love it, man. Yeah. Uh, Just thinking about Scripture, uh, you know, and this uh, topic Mm -hmm. of evangelism, Yeah. uh, what's maybe one of your favorite uh, Scripture passages that kind of speaks on evangelism, Uh, Mm -hmm. maybe a story or just something that's kind of stood out to you? Yeah, well, Mark 16, 15 is is kind
1: of one of of my life ministry verses is go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Here's what that tells me, that, man, God loves the world and God loves everyone. Mm -hmm. And so there's not a person I'm going to lock eyes with that doesn't need to hear about Jesus. And so that is just a... Eye opening reality for me is going, man. When I'm sitting on a plane, that person beside me, I'm just thinking, man, God gave them that assigned seat. You know, American Airlines didn't assign them that seat, the (laughs) Lord did, you know. And so, um, so yeah, for me, I just try to view that, man, whether it's whether I'm at the grocery store, whether I'm walking around my neighborhood, whether I'm, you know, on an airplane, whatever. I'm just trying to say, okay, God. Uh, but that verse there, man, go into all the world. And then it's, it's as you go, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I often go to this event and that event. And so I'm on my way to a destination, but Mm -hmm. it's not just the destination. It's the journey along there, that there are people all along that path that need the light and the hope of Jesus as well.
0: And so often it's, especially with what you get to do, it's I would imagine it's almost easy getting into a conversation with mm-hmm. someone on yeah. an airplane at a coffee yeah. shop where when yeah. you're traveling to a different city, because uh, then you kind of get the well, you're traveling yeah. like where? What are you doing? Where are you going? Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> what, are you doing? what are you
1: doing? I, I mean, on the elevator yeah. this morning, leaving the hotel, nice. I was talking with one of the nurses that were in from. Um, I guess they're doing the uh, travel nurse. there. Yeah. She, I was like, Hey, where are you from? Y'all working hard? Yeah. She goes, What about you? You know, and I mean, mm-hmm. literally, in in a minute and a half, I said, Well, I came here. You know, I got the go to a church and preach, and she said, oh, that's cool. So we had like a two-minute conversation, but my guess is that that conversation is just a little seed sown. So I'm praying, hey, maybe she begins to think about, man, I haven't been to church in a while, or I wonder what this church thing's all about, or man, this COVID thing is tough. I need to seek this God thing out, you know? So who knows what that little seed is going, God's going to do with that.
0: And the 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 cool thing is, is you have no idea what no idea. will happen. Yeah, but you're no just idea. trusting that God's going to work yeah, in that. That you stepped out in a little step of obedience yeah. of just, hey, how yeah. are you doing today yeah. to someone you didn't know, and that could lead to something powerful. Yeah. and we'll find yeah. out, you know, in heaven. Happens. And the funny <laughs> thing is,
1: I could have said, I could have said, oh, you know, I'm just here speaking to students or right. whatever, you know, but dropping church, dropping God, Specific you know, things. it gives yeah. them. And, and I, I, ch- I challenge even if someone's like not ready to maybe share the gospel with someone, share about church, share about what Start saying things like this. When you're having conversations, you know, Hey, what'd you do this weekend? And instead of going, Oh, you know, hung out with the family. We had a good time. Relax. Say, man, we had a good time. We relaxed. But man, when we went to church on Sunday, boy, God spoke and just see what the Lord opens up with that, that little bit of, of truth right there.
0: Yeah. You really have no idea uh, how much God is working in the other person's heart. No idea. Uh, and I think about the story of Philip uh, and the Ethiopian yep. eunuch. You know, Philip was called by God to go talk <laughs> to this person. Yeah. Uh, but God was already working in the eunuch's heart Yeah. before Philip even got there. That's right. Uh, and so it's just when we take those steps of obedience, you know, we're trusting that God is already working in the situation yeah. that he's sending yeah. us to. Yeah. Uh, and he sent you on that plane, yeah. like you said, as yeah. he sent the person sitting next That's to him. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so, man, I love that. Uh, and, mm. man, I appreciate you sharing uh, those words of wisdom with for us. Sure. Uh, you know, my hope is that for anybody tuning in, uh, they see that evangelism doesn't have to be crazy difficult. Yeah. It's asking the simple questions. Yeah. It's sharing the things that you're doing mm-hmm. without leaving parts out. Like you said, yeah. Uh, like, yeah, we had a barbecue. Like, well, yeah. we also went to church. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so it's, it's being willing to just simply do those things um, yeah. and being okay with not knowing all the right answers. That's right. Uh, man, so appreciate your time. Uh, last for question sure. for you, bro. Yeah. Uh, this Sunday mm-hmm. is uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah it is right. that's so, right you know, yeah it's a national holiday yeah. the whole world stops right. from uh, yeah. you know 5 p.m. to like 10 p.m. on a yeah. sunday night uh and so Here's what I need. I need a score prediction. Who do you think's gonna win? Uh, what are your thoughts on on this uh, Super Bowl Sunday?
1: Yeah, well, uh, as much as I think it'd be cool to see Brady win, because I mean, you're not gonna see someone win seven Super Bowls right. in your lifetime, probably again. You know, <laughs> uh, Mahomes might, but I don't know. No, so my my money though is on on the young speed man. Mm. My money's on they on fast, on, on the Chiefs, man. Uh, so I'm gonna guess. You know, I'm gonna guess. A 35 28 Ooh. I think it's gonna be a, a high scoring game yeah. both both these offenses can go off so uh, but I, I gotta predict the Chiefs, by, besides my home' is a Texas boy man so I, I gotta go for him so I love it man <laughs> uh,
0: well I'm predicting uh probably like a um like a thirty-five to three, Brady's gonna win. and just dominate. <laughs> wow. They're gonna they're gonna stop Mahomes Ouch. every single bit. That's, that's not gonna happen there at all, man. Mahomes is gonna ball. They're both yeah. gonna ball. Super yeah. Bowls are always exciting. Yeah, they are. Uh, they I'm are, excited man. to watch it, bro. For uh, sure. Man, Ryan, appreciate you praying yeah. for you and your ministry, you, you. you and your family, yeah, uh, as you continue to be obedient to what God's calling you to do, yeah. uh, and also excited to continue to connect uh, here yeah. at BT, man. So appreciate you, bro. Thank you.